Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Episode 3 of The Story Studio with your hosts, Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox. Oh yeah. Here we go. Check it out now. Okay, hello ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. It's a show for filmmakers, writers, comic book makers, crowdfunders, entrepreneurs, creators, and anyone looking to tell stories in the modern world. My name is Luke Condor, and I'm joined by Daniel Wilcox. Hi, guys. I love how um, how much effort goes in your face when you're reading that. <laughs> I think it's marvellous. I don't know. Are you still just recording audio at the minute? Just recording audio, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just that, just to describe it, there's a nice little squint of one eye, and I think the head kind of goes sideways a bit as, as you're reading it, but when, it's a mouthful, but it gets to the point. I think when I'm when I'm reading, because I've done like voiceover stuff in the past, and I have to like over, I've seen other people do this as well, they have to like over uh, gesticulate what they're doing to make sure to get all the words out correctly. Um, and that's the magic people are missing out on. Yeah, me... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, how's it going, man? How's the writing going? Yeah, yeah, it's going well. Um, I think we've been pr- in pretty much the same boat for the last week in terms of writing stuff, planning for Project Dan, books Project one Dan. and two, well, yep. books A and B. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's been a weird one because I've not been doing. I mean, I've been getting words down, but not in the yeah. usual way that I normally do. So I'm not technically writing a story yet, but I've been creating the characters for you. Yeah. Um, and but we swapped stories over yesterday, which was very exciting. Have you read through the package mostly yet? Are you? I think so, unless I've uh, missed anything, because um, I've kind of had to squeeze it in last night and today where I could. But I've, I've got the overview of everything, and I'm very, very happy, and I'm very, very excited with, cool. with how it looks. How about you? How are you finding yours? Me too, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think you've... Uh... You've added some interesting parts in the story that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see when I was coming up with the initial idea. Yeah, um, which I think was the whole point, the whole reason that we're doing it this way. Um, and I think we I explained earlier in the week that this formal back and forth seems to work really well because, yeah. like, you you punt the ball up the field as far as you can get, you get as far as you can go, and then you hand it over, take a little break from that, and then the other person takes over gets it as far as they can go and then we keep swapping back and forth it seems to work really well for me yeah yeah no i'm enjoying it it's um it's re-energizing i think the the longer we do it i think 
the more efficient we'll get at it because I found in that initial handover. So when, uh, when was it? It was a week ago. Was it a week ago? When we started. When we did the pitch. It was last Sunday? Sunday uh, before. Yeah. At some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, a, week, a week and Sunday ago. Yeah, so we okay. pitched the ideas to each other. <laughs> yeah. And then we took that and I took your idea that you pitched to me. I, you took mine that I pitched to you. And we've been planning that. But at the beginning of that part where I got your idea, I was still very much in my head, in my idea. Yeah. So there was a couple of days where I was thinking, oh, I could add this to mine, but having to let that go so that you could sprinkle your your stardust on it. Yeah, Um, I think you have to, you can't be egotistical in this endeavor. Like you have to completely (laughs) let go of your idea at that point, if you know what I mean? And just let, be confident that the other person is going to, you know, they might do some things you don't agree with, but at the same time, they're going to do the best. They're going to add some stuff. And also when you get the story back, you're going to be able to, you know, add your own sauce again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it, there's been quite a few, like uh, you said, with the bits that I did for you, there've been some nice little pockets of um, adventure or certain characters or certain things that are written to happen mm. that I wouldn't have thought of, or I wouldn't have kind of taken that route myself. I don't think, mm. but I really like, and, some of the um because i know with yours whereas I, I think my beats and my notes for you were very text heavy i like that you've added sort of youtube links for me and some sort of um urls yeah. for different pages so you can kind of go it's going to be a bit like this and get a bit more of a visual yeah are you talking about the ferry bit? yes yeah yeah i really like that idea and that's cool. gonna be in there somewhere right um yeah so this is all like <laughs> today's episode is all about building out a story coming up with a world uh, c- coming up with characters to like inhabit the story and and just building up that initial package, that initial outlining process before you actually start writing your words. But before that, we need to do the big whoop for the week. Whoop. Oh, what a big whoop! Have you got a big whoop this week? I have. My big whoop um, <clears throat> is that I went to London Film and Comic Con last weekend. Um, me, my partner, and uh, my friend and his partner. Or, or two friends, I don't know. They're both. <laughs> and um, yeah, we went uh, on Thursday afternoon and we got back to uh, Lincoln on Sunday evening. Um, and it was just kind of, I mean, I went to MCM last year and MCM was fantastic. It was in the XL. Uh, and I kind of expected much of the same, very crowded stalls, a lot of cosplay, a lot of yeah. um, comic book enthusiasts. Uh, and I found it actually very, very different. Sort of not in a bad way. It had its good points, and it had its kind of points that I preferred MCM for. Yeah. Um, and the first one was that it was in the Olympia, so it's a sort of much bigger venue. It's got two floors. It's really nice layout for it. Um, and all the stalls were a lot further apart, which was handy because I was wearing an inflatable dinosaur suit that was sort of <laughs> where <laughs> six about, foot where wide. Whereabouts in London was it? I saw the pictures. It looked like a really nice venue. Yeah, it was the Olympia, which is um, just off of Barons Court on the underground. Okay. So around wherever that area is around there. Okay, cool. And um, yeah, so all the stalls were sort of a bit more spread apart. There weren't as many people dressed up, um, which surprised me. Mm. Uh, and even on the Saturday, which was the busiest day, there was something about 16,000 people there. It didn't feel busy. Yeah. Um, which again, take it how you will, it, was, it had its good points. But um, my main pull from that was that I got to meet a lot of really cool guys. So Will Robson, who's doing the cover art for El Marvo, always done the cover art for El Marvo, which looks phenomenal. Which is, um, I don't think the listeners know, that's the comic book we're making, Hawk and Cleaver are making. Um, yes. 
yeah sorry go on yeah no um yeah if you haven't checked it out visit our social media pages because there's some images on there that just look fantastic mm. and um yeah so i got to talk to him a bit actually introduce myself which is quite cool because i know that he works primarily with you and ben mm. um and then just got to speaking to some independent authors just some other comic book people they had the creators the original illustrator and the uh, story writer for Judge Stredd there, which was cool. Was that John Wagner and Carlos Escara? Yeah, that's it. I'm well, you can it better. I really like John Wagner. He wrote um, the History of Violence. Um, oh yeah, you know that they made the film with Aragon. I can't remember his real name. Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, it's uh, he's a really good, really cool guy. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, he came across really down to earth. Um, and yeah, and then got to meet. Uh, some people from Frizzon Comics who we're going to be speaking to in mm-hmm. a couple of days for one of our episodes, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just overall, just fantastic, really inspiring weekend. And to the the cream on that cake, sorry, I'm going on. No, no, keep going. <laughs> the cream on that cake was that um, I found out that a couple of days before I was going that Darren Sham was going to be there, who is, for anyone who's not sure, he's a young adult horror author who does a load of sort of vampire and zombie books that I picked up when I was younger, my partner adores. And I went to one of his talks thinking it was just him, and it turned out to be him and three other horror authors, which was very, very enlightening. And um, he did sort of Q&A at the end, and I, I spoke to a couple of them, asked a few questions, and yeah, very, very inspiring. So you're missing out a key point. Um, it was when you dressed up as Elmo. <laughs> There's a nice photo of you as Elmo on the Game of Thrones, you know, the sword throne or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I hope you're being ironic and you realise that it's not Elmo. <laughs> Who is it? It's the I don't know. I don't know these characters. Do you not? Is it the the hugging one? Which one's Elmo? Yeah, yeah, then? yeah. No, Elmo, Elmo's from Sesame Street. Oh, see, I don't understand the difference between the thing. <laughs> Elmo's a cuddly little guy that sits on the toilet and swings. No, yeah, no, okay, yeah. So I know Elmo. <laughs> so yeah, no, he's um he doesn't have a character name. He's just red guy. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's very because I'm not sure who most of the character names in there is like Duck. The yellow guy, Roy, who is the yellow guy's dad, and then the red guy. Okay, this is interesting. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I, I dressed up on the first day as Chris Pratt from Jurassic World on a giant inflatable raptor. And then on the second day, yeah, I went to see Red Guy from uh, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, which was a lot of. A oh, lot. okay, yeah. I'll link to that in the show notes because I have seen the first one of those. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of awesome but terrifying yeah definitely yeah and the more you read into it the scarier it gets but i got yeah. weirdly enough it's a show that i would probably say is aimed at adults because it's disguised as a kid's show but it yeah. has horrible twists yeah and i had a dad bring his four-year-old over four-year-old son over for a picture um basically saying oh yeah my kid loves that show and i was like what you let him watch it he was like <laughs> oh no we get we get halfway through the first episode to the point where it gets weird and then i turn it off so the <laughs> so the four year old just enjoys those first two minutes or whatever it is or pretty much yeah the part where it's kind of a kid song but yeah just put that on repeat kids yeah. don't know the difference yeah, yeah. um so <laughs> well first of all we we were um we're going to go at a comic con soon doing a hawk and cleaver stand yes. um did you meet any other like indie authors with their own stands and did you pick up any tips tricks. Um, I didn't go uh, too deeply into yeah. the stalls and stuff, um, but I did take quite a few people's contact details. So um, people like, oh, Dead Canary Comics were there as well, which yeah. was exciting. I had a bit of a chat with those. Um, but I think the main thing that came 
from anyone I spoke to is it's fantastic going to cons, not so much to sell your work, but more just exposure and networking. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you have really heavy footfall and the one that we're doing, um, in, it's going to be October the 1st, uh, in Lincoln for anyone that wants to come along and see us, um, is I think predicted, uh, probably about six or 7,000 at least through the yeah. door. That's going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And even if we talk to sort of, you know, a quarter of that, that's still a lot of people that we've not spoken to. And yeah. there'll be other people at the stalls that I'm sure we could speak to more or learn some stuff from. And I was thinking we could record an episode while we were there. Like, just like get the laptop out and just like record a little mini episode or something of, you know, just document it. That'd be cool. We could see if we pull yeah. some people over and they see if they want to chat to us. Yeah, definitely. Have you heard of Hawk and Cleaver? <laughs> <laughs> okay. See you later. <laughs> so, my big whip is an app. Um, so my sister, my dad, and my brother-in-law just did the 100-mile bike ride in London, the Prudential bike ride. Have you, do you know of it? Have you heard of it? Not that one specifically, but... So they basically closed down most of the city, and they let people, like, thousands of people sort of get on the bike and ride around it. This must have been when I was there, because there were quite a few roads closed. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah. No, it was that weekend, yeah. It was Saturday. Uh, Sunday. Just gone? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah they were there, yeah. There you uh, so, go, I might have seen them. <laughs> maybe. They did that and um it's just another thing when I realised that I am completely out of shape. <laughs> just another point of like, oh why why didn't I do that? And I, I don't think I could have done that. But I've downloaded this app now, it's called SkyFit. And it's the idea is to so if you wanna be you wanna get better at running or you wanna do I don't know, yoga or whatever, it's all on this app and then you do little courses on there. I, I think it's like it's a um five dollars a month app so it is a paid for app but you um let's say you go for a run you do you pick class one and then it's like got the music going and then you've got like someone talking in your ear like a personal trainer going, go on go. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but they tell you like they tell you right you're gonna warm up now and they're like keep going and that's really american and really like over the top that's like, it exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> And then it's it's it must be it must it feels really stupid because they're like oh hold the form you're doing really well and I'm thinking if you saw what I look like right now <laughs> like <laughs> spluttering and like spilling and like slipping over and stuff I thought but, is it like it, a video conferencing mode where they can actually watch you <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to <laughs> yeah but um it was really good though it was really 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 good and I did my first 5k yesterday which is uh thanks to this little app so nice. Skyfit. If you want to do some running and stuff, get it. Sounds good. Is that a GPS tracker as well? No, I have to use a separate app called Strava to um, track the Strava. GPS whilst I'm doing so the motivational course stuff on the other one. Yeah. Okay. Which it's is good. the important stuff. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> does it make you feel like you're actually with someone, or is it a very, very overly corny? No, I, I think it's it's a little bit more it's a little bit more personable, uh, but it is a little bit. Cheesy cheese. <laughs> Great job. You're doing fantastic. But it, yeah, it's like that, but it feels like a real person. And also, I just feel like those moments like towards the end when you're feeling a little bit down, you're like, oh my God, I don't think we'll be able to finish or do this. Just that having that person just sort of saying little words of encouragement do actually work. I think yeah. we should develop an app for writers where they put on <laughs> they put on headphones with like, come on, another 500 words. Yeah. Maybe 20 more. Come on, man. <laughs> What's the phrase? Keep going, you shits. Keep going, you shits, yeah. <laughs> Why are you stopping? Yeah. Keep on yeah. tapping. Um, Get more coffee, then come the fuck back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that has to be quite aggressive. 
Where the yeah. fuck do you think you're going, man? <laughs> Come on, back. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. Okay, you this... call that a chapter? Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that character's weak. <laughs> like you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's go to the main topic of the day. Mm-hmm. Building story worlds, fleshing out characters, coming up with the plot. I guess let's start with how you first approached. When I first pitched you, um, I'm just going to call it what the working title, which is yeah, they, okay. they Remain. Uh, when I pitched you the idea, what, where did you go from there? Well, the notes that you gave, um, and I think some of it, to be honest, was a bit influenced by uh, the hipster because I seem to notice that a lot of your stuff is set around London. Um, yeah. And I think you said before, it's more places that you've been that you like to write about because you get to sort of get a bit more in depth for those. Yeah, I feel like um, I get to explore them a little bit more mentally. It's just following your curiosity, I guess. I'm still curious about those places, so I write about them. Yeah, it's a good way to do it because if you've got those landmarks, they're almost like a shortcut in saying to people, I mean, you could create a, a tower or something in a fantasy world and people won't know it unless you describe it. But if you say the London Eye... Mm. people are automatically going to realize that um and the first thing i kind of did was look at the arc that you wanted to take and i kind of i jumped on google maps and just said okay so this is roughly the journey they want to take where might be good pit stops across there if it was to be a realistic journey yeah um and your story that you pitched began in london and kind of worked its way towards kent yeah um so i just looked for places that almost looked like they could contain the things that I needed. So whether that was a small village out in the sticks, whether that was a bit of a bigger town somewhere near water um, and tried to map out that journey. And then once I had that, I looked at the um, main story elements of what needed to, what I felt needed to go where based on what you told me Yeah, and created the, the main settings from that um and i kind of in that way i worked backwards a bit so i built all that stuff before i got to the the plot but yeah picking on these individual locations and creating um like a farm or a small town or a house or somewhere how about you well i think that's a good way to go about it i think starting with the end point in mind i mean it sounds quite overly logistical but it, it really does work and it helps you formulate the story and the plot I did a similar thing because we knew, can I give the working title for this one or are we still not sure about that title? Or No, I th- it's not, it was, with titles <laughs> with me, they always they always take a bit of getting used to. I'm not <clears throat> I'm not normally some of the titles until near the end just yeah. so I can get a feel, but it's, it fits with what we're doing. So cool. well, um, this, it this, could change, but... This, yeah, this may change, but for now we're calling it Lazarus Mountain. Mm. Um, so you, told me, you knew where it started in Williamsburg, Virginia. Um, and with a little bit of like just researching around that area, I found a place called Colonial Williamsburg, which um, gave me an idea for how or where the event could start. And I sort of knew, we sort of knew where it needed to end. So it was it was a similar thing. I was on Google Earth, um, <laughs> and I was just like mapping out like where would they where do we need to go? And there's a bit where they have to cross a river, and um, you sort of build out. Oh, if that was if they have to go over there logistically how would that even happen if if this particular scenario was happening in that world um like i knew that they probably take a car but cars the roads would be crazily packed um so it has to find another way over and it it just helps 
ground the story in a real world. Yeah. When you start I think to... <clears throat> one of the things to note. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As well, it's something that I especially struggled with um, just in mapping things out over the past couple of years I've been writing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is um, Don't let it get too precious. So if you set your story in somewhere very specific, like say, for example, Lincoln, it doesn't have to be exactly what Lincoln is. It can be whatever you want it to be yeah. because at the end of the day, there are so many elements to a town anyway. And even people that live in that certain town aren't going to see it as the Lincoln that is. I mean, Stephen King says everything in Maine, yeah, everything. And this, the amount of stuff that happens in Maine is unreal, but obviously it's just where he likes, that's his thing. That's where he likes to say it. But yeah, yeah it's not get too precious on locations. Yeah, definitely. I think um, <clears throat> Ben, you know, one of her fellow HNC writer, Ben, he based his novel, uh, 10 Tales of Human Condition in New York. Now, I would, I'd be scared about doing that because I've never been to New York. Um, but I think Ben, I think he's been, been a couple of times and he, uh, he sort of, I think he had an idea of where, where the characters were going and what they were doing. But he sort of had to, like, create the world from scratch in a way, just to, just for the everyday. Like, so this character is going to here. What is he seeing when he when he makes that journey? And I think he had to create that from scratch. But he sent that book to a guy who lives in New York who read it, and the guy had no idea. Like, he said, "This feels just like it's in New York." And I think the reader paints the rest of the picture on that side of it. Yeah, I think that's very very important. That's a good example, and. When I read that book, I remember reading one of the opening chapters is him or the protagonist um, traveling on a bus to get somewhere. Yeah. And it, Ben does a fantastic job at describing it. Uh, it. Straight away in my head, I could feel the American. I could feel the New York. Yeah. And yeah, you don't need to give loads of explanation. You can just say it's here and let the reader take that for granted. Yeah, you can draw 
you know the the lines and let the let the reader fill in the the colors or the shading and that sort of thing yeah um, i'm actually um i'm actually reading a book at the minute it's james herbert's the rats and i'm kind of i'm reading that with a bit of an analytical eye and he doesn't really say anything more than the guy went to the hospital there was a counter nothing no more detail yet in my head i've already got that i've already got yeah this is the kind of hospital i see yeah and i don't need him to say the walls were lime the floors were whatever because yeah. people know what a hospital is yeah i think it's it's a skill in in learning how much to to explain to the reader and how little to leave to their imagination i personally i try to aim um for the elements that are salient so the points like if, if we're meeting a character and he has a particular weird hairstyle or something like that it's they're the salient points that you would you would notice if you were to meet them in person and also the points that juxtapose so if it's got like a if it's a guy with like spiky hair but he looks like very smart and normal and and, and not punky in, in any way those sort of elements just help build that character in the, in the reader's head a little bit more yeah um yes yeah, so, i mean in terms of characters i don't know how you start with characters i mean <laughs> we we had we we had main characters sort of there already right yeah so you had um i'm trying to think you had a good uh, handful of characters that had some info i mean your notes on them were along the lines of i feel this guy will be important yeah or, or whatever yeah um and in terms of uh characters i found that was one of the later things that i came to because i wanted to understand the world i wanted to understand the type of thing they were facing so um for me the second part of what i planned out was actually the um i'm trying to think of a word the creatures the, yeah. the things that were gonna because it's a post-apocalyptic book so the things that were gonna create this post-apocalyptic world yeah um, and the mechanics of that and then how the people would fit in. And then once I had that, the characters, um, it was quite interesting giving them a nice little backstory. And I kind of just imagined in my head, I got an image straight away in my head and I cast a character um, based off of an actor who I think would play it and then just kind of invented a backstory that I thought would be appropriate for where they were yeah. at particular points when we uh, when we do the casting what we're talking about is we find actors to sort of play the characters right so you have right. a you have a character and then you find an actor who you think so for example you're the main character in project lazarus um lazarus mountain <laughs> we got jeffrey dean morgan as the as one of the main characters and instantly you get a, a picture in your head you know the timbre of his voice so you know you know who this guy is and you know what kind of characters he can play yeah <laughs> and i feel it's like Oh, go on. I, know, I was going to say, because there's a massive difference between uh, Alan Rickman and yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah. It helps you lock in a little, little bit more of your starting point. Uh, but then you start to customize that character more and more when you start to... You, I mean, you even like delve into like favorite ice cream flavors <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. I Just as a, an extra little touch, because I feel like I wanted to add something a bit fun to the notes anyway. But yeah, I had... Age, occupation, and not every character had this. Not every character needed it if they weren't that big. But age, occupation, relationships, um, favorite ice cream flavor. Uh, and then I did a little two or three lines 
which summed up the character just in general and their personality and then went into the the background and history but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really good i really like what you did with the characters it helped me sort of get a better idea of, of who the who the people were uh one thing i did for for one of the characters was um and this is something i picked up from sean platt from self publishing podcast is to find out figure out who the main, who that character's five heroes are so you get an idea of who this person's what their aspirations are of, of what makes a, a, a person good so you know like what they aim to be um and you also just get a better sense of i mean so for example one of um lucas trent's heroes is donny osmond yes and i just thought that that's like it gives you an idea of sort of how playful he is um I don't know. It helps. It helps me get it in my mind. Anyway, I don't know about you. Yeah. No. No. I absolutely love um, that that was included. And yeah, you think that the the character of Lucas is going to be quite a a bit of a grizzly male, a bit of a um kind of like an alpha, but not because he's got a bit of a softer side, yeah. uh, as, as shown in the Donny Osmond thing. And yeah, you'd normally think by looking at someone like that, it wouldn't traditionally his music taste wouldn't lean that way but yeah it's, it adds an element of cheese to him and it's not just that he likes him it's that he's got a little obsession yeah um which i like as well and that's sort of a nice little touch but yeah you can come up with i think it's easy creating backstories for characters because you can kind of just have fun with it and you don't need all the background at the end of the day because that's not going to make its way into the book yeah but it's just nice to flavor and give you some indication of who that person is or was yeah i mean it's I mean, when when it comes to the way I was doing it, I tend to say, okay, so I'm going to be developing this character. I'm going to come up with 10 random ideas about this character. And at that point, I'll just free write, like, say, maybe he's into this, maybe he does this. That would be interesting because it links to this other thing that he did. And you, you just do that for long enough and you start to pick up the the points that sort of resonate with the story and the other characters and you can see the potential dramas. Um because of like someone's viewpoints against someone else's and you can just start to build up that character that way i mean it's something that helps me anyway yeah i think that's one of the things that i now that you've said that i'm starting to think it but i might have taken it for granted a bit is when i sat down with the blank well not the blank document because you sent some bits over but I sat down and thought what am i going to do with this i didn't allow myself that time to blank like you were free writing where you just write and see what gets going there was a lot where i started just writing chunks on the main characters um and saying things like maybe this could happen at some point oh this could be quite good what if this person doesn't get on with this person question mark question mark question mark and then the more i wrote for different characters and locations got an idea of what was happening i went back and adjusted those took out those questions and said this is this this yes yeah, because you're building a like a loose sculpture. I mean, you're chipping away. You, you're just playing with ideas. It's like playing with play though. You're not. Mm. You, you're sketching out a rough plan. And all, like, I'm guessing both of these like packages we put together for each other are going to change a fair bit when we start writing. That's it. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them being 100 percent as they are now. I can see big bits changing. Yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, um, well, I mean, when do you know when you're done? When do you know when you're supposed to stop and you're supposed to start writing? Because this is the most planning I've ever done in in writing a book. Yeah, same. And I think part of that was because we deliberately gave each other, um, was it a week we gave? 
Um, yeah, but we, we went over a bit because yeah. of reasons. But <laughs> yeah, no, I think because we've given ourselves that time and because I think partly it's going to be because this is our first project together. So I know there was a part of me where I was like, this needs to be good. Otherwise, I don't know if this is going to. Yeah. Um, however, and I want this to be the best it can possibly be for a first collab project. Um, but for how did we know when we were done? I think mine was once I'd written enough of an outline to feel confident that you could take it further or that you had enough to work with. Yeah. I was just a complete same with you. I thought I don't want to leave it at a point where it, it doesn't quite make sense or it could, or you, you I didn't want it to get to a point where you would be confused by any points. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to give yeah. you enough there to go, okay, I know where we're going. I know what this is. And I know where to go from here. Yeah. And I think it's worked really well because reading your notes, it does flow very well. I've get, the full, I mean, it started off that I had a rough arc in my head, which I handed to you. Mm. And like we said earlier, you've created extra points that it's going to hit that I hadn't thought of. Um, but yeah, it's now I've, I've read through the notes and I don't think there's, there's probably maybe one or two tiny things that need a bit of clarification, but overall yeah. it's enough that if I was to sit down and think I've got a week to write solidly, I could just go from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think yeah. we're at a good point now. So I think the next step is to, when are we starting the first drafts? Are we starting at the same time? Yeah, I think we're talking a bit tonight and then potentially starting tomorrow or Sunday or something. Yeah, I think Sunday might be good. Tomorrow I'm going to Liverpool. Probably but, Sunday then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll sort it out. It might even be yeah. Monday, however it works for both of us. But um, yeah, I think just coming back to the when you know you're done part is it's very it's different for each person mm. because obviously you have the whole panther plotter somewhere in between thing and those who pants again for people who don't know that who what that is that's just flying by the seat of your pants and writing whatever yeah um you don't need this amount and you can go ahead and do it but yeah it will feel different for everyone and i mean there were certain points where over the last weeks or so where i probably could have in the past just gone that's enough and started writing yeah but it feels nicer now to feel like i've got this cushion of yeah stuff to it i do feel like when you do pants a novel um there's probably going to be more editing and and adding in and subtracting out to be done in the story on that second draft yeah. whereas i think when you're going in with a bit more of a, a clearer idea of how the story's going to end it might it, it might not need that. I mean, we'll see, I guess. But... <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. To use yeah. um, a bit of an example on that, the um, so I've got nearly two drafts of my thriller that um, I'm putting aside for a little bit while we work on this. And the first draft of that was entirely pants. That There was no planning to that. I just went ahead and did 80,000 words. And going back and reading it, I know that there are huge chunks that I'd remove. I'd change mm. things. There was holes everywhere. So when it came to the second draft, I sat down, took all of the elements I had in my first draft and planned it. Yeah. Again, not to the extent of this, but um, to a point where I knew where it was going and I knew the characters better and the draft came out a lot tidier, a hell of a lot tidier for me. Hmm. Excellent. Okay, man. Um, I guess I've got some other points written here. I mean, I've got here using references, so... In the package you sent me, there's there's a load of pictures that are really good for setting. Did you just Google Google image search those or something, or what did you do there? Yeah, I mean, I knew I had an idea of what I was 
was looking for. Um, and it's very, it's actually really hard to find specific types of zombie. Because yeah. I know, I know they're not exactly zombies, but yeah. I knew what it was I was looking for. And um, one of the the best examples, just in terms of image inspiration, that I found was based on sort of the things from The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, and even they were quite difficult to find for different things, but now I just, I just, uh, Google, I did try having a look through deviant art, which yeah. used to be a really good resource or I used to find it a lot easier to navigate and I found it a lot harder now. Yeah. Is it ever, is there just too much stuff on there now? Cause I was trying to use yeah. it. I just couldn't really, Google, yeah. let me say it seems better for me anyway. Oh, a hundred percent was, um, and there was something, was there something else I was trying to use? I can't remember, but no, deviant art came up with so much yeah just variety of different things that were everything but what i was looking for yeah um so yeah google image kind of covered it and then if i was looking for specific things like locations i'd just type in you know factory or whatever and yeah and found and managed to find some i was quite happy with the images i found for yours i thought they illustrated it well they did yeah i uh another note i've got here is that um google street view i use that quite a lot now actually like when I want to see what it actually looks like from a, a point of view of a character in a certain location, get in street view and just sort of have a little walk around and get a feel for the place. And I found that really helpful. Yeah, I can imagine that's a good way to do it because you really do get a, a first-person POV. Yeah. Um, I think I've dabbled but not given it a proper go. I might yeah. actually do that for, for some of my bits. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I've got here is, is it can seem incredibly daunting when you think when you first start a writing project and you think, Oh man, J.R.R. Tolkien, when he Middle Earth, I could never build something that could compete with that. But I I've I've kind of realised more and more as time's gone time's gone on that it's incremental. Like you start with just just like a what if scenario, what if this happened to a world and then you just slowly build over time the rules of the world and the politics and the characters and it's just it's just incremental. That's yeah. all I can say. And it'll never be as you imagine it will be at the start yeah there's a lot of change so the people that i gave you to work on for um the package was were entirely it was entirely different um how it functioned was very very different in my head to what you gave back but what you gave back feels so much more organic and real worldly Hmm. that it actually feels like it's gonna be a lot easier to write and when i started thinking of the world that i wanted lazarus to be set in yeah, I well, I said in one of the previous podcasts, I was very, very overwhelmed because I was looking at the much bigger picture down yeah. rather than focusing on the people that would live in that world and working my way out. Yeah, and I think you can do it both ways, but I yeah, it's definitely incremental and it's definitely piece by piece. Yeah. Uh, okay, man. Uh, that's all the notes I've got for today. I don't know about you. Um, no, I think I think we've done a fantastic job. Yeah, that on the back. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i would just say to people the next episode is this this show is live now by the way it went a lot we're recording this episode now but the show itself went live on itunes today Woo! which is a, it's pretty cool <laughs> um yeah the next episode is an interview episode we'll see how that goes i have no idea we haven't done that yet so no but it'll be fun i mean i spoke to the guys at comic-con and they're they're a fantastic yeah duet frizz on are they a couple <laughs> I believe so. Okay, okay. I did. I if thought... they're not, it's going to be awkward on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I, I needed to know that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, okay, so Frizz on Comics. Um, we're going to be talking about 
independent comic book making, crowdfunding, finding an audience and all that good stuff. So, yeah, come back for that. And in the meantime, give us a review in iTunes. Go on. Yes, <laughs> you, you please. Know you want it. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Okay, let's leave it at that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. See ya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh, and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip.